what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. This is Alan Jackson with me, Chris Fry. We are both with the Foot Candle Film Festival and the Foot Candle Film Society. Uh, and host of Foot Candle Films. Because we love the word foot candle. We're going to try to weave it into any aspect of our life we can right. going forward. Chris, how are you doing? I'm recovering from a cold, but other than yes. that, I'm, I'm doing okay. So if my voice sounds a little odd, that's or odder than normal, I should say. Odder than normal, <laughs> that's right. Why. That's the same yeah. for us. It's like, yeah, so you can tell if we're sick because we sound odder than we normally do. Yes. And, uh you take the normal odd sound of our voice and you make it odder. That's that's when we're sick. So, Correct. Yeah. Well, well, glad glad you're. I hope you're feeling better. Glad to have you back here at the table for our film review and discussion show. Just for anybody who's first time joining us, we uh, at least one film every time we get together. We have a in depth review of, and that film for this episode is going to be the latest film starring Annette Bening and Jodie Foster. It is Nyad based on the true story of athlete Diane Nyad. Uh, so we'll be discussing that film here in just a minute. And then after that, uh, Chris, it is that time of year. Oscar nominations have bloomed. <laughs> we now yes. know what the Academy has decided that they are, have deemed as the worthy entries into the uh, vaulted uh, Oscar Academy Award collection of nominees. And we now have that list. You and I are not going to go through all of them because it's, it's a lot of awards, but we're going to sure. pick some of the bigger categories and kind of uh, talk through some interesting notes of those. Maybe are we prepared to make predictions ourselves? I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I am or not, but <laughs> we'll give some thoughts and see where we feel about the nominations that were announced. And I think, Chris, you might have a couple of uh, recommendations to make yes. based off of, uh, of films that people ought to check out based on those nominations. And then if we get time, I might squeeze in a trailer uh, for a new film that uh, just got announced or it's been announced for a while, but I, the trailer just came out and I'd like to discuss this trailer with you, Chris. Very, okay. very curious. So uh, interesting film. And we'll talk about that new film later in the show. But let's go ahead and jump right into the first part of our show, which is our featured review we are discussing the film directed by Jimmy Chan and Elizabeth Chai Vershali. And it is the film based on a true story and a true, a true person. Uh, this is the film Nyad. Listen to this. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Don't you want to be fully awake? Your soul ignited by a purpose. Oh, God. Oh, I'm serious. That again. Diana Nyad, world champion marathon swimmer. The swim I want to do is 60 hours. That's Cuba to Florida. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no, no. That's insane. Diana, you tried that when you were 28 and you did not make it when you're 28. You're 60. I don't believe in imposed limitations. The only one who gets to decide if I'm through is me. Nyad marks the feature film debut for directors Elizabeth Chai. 
I'm going to try to say the last name, Versha Haile, yeah, maybe? I and, think that works. Uh, Jimmy Chen. Previously, the pair have helmed documentary films like Maru, the Oscar-winning Free Solo, and The Rescue. How did their skills in capturing real events translate over into narrative, st- narrative storytelling of a true story? Or to engage with the film another way, in the year of biopics, Alan, of Oppenheimer, Maestro, Napoleon, Rustin, did this film manage to stand out for you among the others? Um, yeah, well, well, let's let's give a little brief synopsis of the film, just so everybody's kind of clear sure. what the film is, and then can lay into our, our opinions on it. So like I mentioned, you know, it is a true story. It is based on athlete Diana Nide, who uh, the film takes place at her, her at age 60. Uh, she has had a Volta career of being a, a swimmer and uh, challenging herself in many different swimming situations. I think what was it during the seventies and eighties was kind of her when she really did a lot of her, her, her work. Um, but then now we're following her here. It was like 2010 was in the film kind of takes place, I believe. Right. Um, and she's going after a lifelong dream of a 110 mile open ocean swim from Cuba to Florida. So that's kind of the premise we're dealing with. We've got Annette Benning starred as Diana Nyad, and we've got Jodie Foster uh, starring as Bonnie Stoll, who is her best friend and ultimately kind of her coach in a way, too, in this endeavor that she's trying to take on. So, Chris, your question was, uh, how did these directors do? These directors better known for Typically documentary work. Yeah. Uh, Free Solo's one I know we have talked about on the show in the past. Uh, it's amazing film, amazing documentary. A lot of their documentary work has been very featured on uh, 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 nature and environment and um, travel, you know, just, just a lot of those kind of uh, visuals that they put into place. I- I'll say this about this film, Nyad. I don't think they've quite got the non documentary style narrative quite down pat because I thought this film was a little a little weak in areas where it really is just dealing with people and dealing with story. But when it comes to actually depicting the closest thing that you can have to a documentary in this, in, in this film is the scenes of Dinah Nyad played by Annette Benning swimming mm-hmm. and trying to deal with the challenge she's put in front of her and all the things they're having to contend with when those, when those moments hit in the film, the film really sings. And I really feel like the the film was interesting to watch. I wish the stuff out of the water had been as good. (laughs) I felt it was very, I felt it very routine. I felt it was a very by the numbers, pretty straightforward, nothing too, too interesting with this dynamic relationship between Diana and Bonnie acted very well. I, I thought it was a well acted relationship and, and the dialogue's good. It's just, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the saw the, the movie really found its footing in those, in that side of the, the storytelling. But again, once we get in the water and all the scenes where we're having to deal with actual, the actual mechanics of how you're going to try to, how she's going to try to pull this feet off. I thought a lot of that, with some exception, worked really, really well. So I'm, I'm kind of mixed on this film. I did find it to be enjoyable enough, um, interesting enough. But I, I felt like it just, story-wise, it fell, it fell way too much into the typical trappings of biopic stories and uh, the way they decide to roll that story out over the two-hour running time. 
So uh, what's your thoughts on Nyad, Chris? What do you think? So kind of echoing similar thoughts of, you know, this film was the narrative debut, as I mentioned, and I have seen lots of their work. You know, the three titles I mentioned, I've seen all three of those. And the most impressive of those for me was The Rescue, which came out semi-recently. Mm-hmm. And I think I even recommended it on the show. You did. And that's the one about the divers that were able to save the young boys from the soccer team that had gotten into a cave that was flooded. Um, and they did some reenactment footage of that where, you know, I'm assuming Jimmy Chen and, you know, the Elizabeth Chai, Rashali, like they had to do some diving and they had to do some, cause I think he also works kind of as a cinematographer on their films. Mm-hmm. So I could really tell like that, you know, obviously I recommended the film that that one's amazing, the rescue. And I could see how that translates into getting the cinematography and the shots they got for Nyad, the in the water footage and her swimming and just, I could see kind of like maybe as directors, they were pulled to this story because, Hey, this is something amazing. This, this person did. Oh, we're perfectly suited to shoot this because we shoot document. We're like, we knew how to get in the water, get the shots, make everything look, you know, good. So I can see why they were pulled to that story. Um, interesting that you pulled, you said the things in the water kind of worked for you and the things mostly, mostly and the things out of the water. That's where you felt like they, they struggled. And for me, um, and I appreciate, you know, like you said, you called out the performances of Annette Benning and Jodie mm-hmm. Foster. And, um, I thought they were good, but what held me back? And I think this, you can say this for a lot of films that you go into that are based off real people. Um, Diana Nyad, she's a, she's a tough person. Mm-hmm. And, you spend two hours with Diane and I, I was unfamiliar with her before mm-hmm. watching this film. I knew nothing about her. Um, and she, she's, she's tough, not always likable, gruff. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be somewhat of a egotist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, you know, I, I know nothing about her other than what I saw in this film. And, um, it was tough for me to spend time Mm-hmm. with Diana Nyad. And actually, interestingly enough, my parents, I talked to them recently and they said they'd started watching this film mm-hmm. and they stopped about 30 minutes in because they were like, we did not want to spend two hours <laughs> with Diana Nyad. We just found her, you know, we, we didn't like her. And I'm yeah. like, I, I get that. Yeah. And, I, and they actually said too, they said, and we credit Annette Benning with like giving this portrayal of somebody you can tell she's driven. You can tell you, but like, okay, I don't want to spend that time with you mm-hmm. though. Now, all that being said, I also credit Annette Benning with, of course, you know, no shocker to anybody listening to this. This is, we've said it's based on a true story. So do you make a documentary or do you make a narrative film about somebody who tried this over and over again and never succeeded? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason we're, the reason the film was made was, Hey, guess what? She finally did it at 60 years old. So that being said, you kind of know the end point of the film was the natural end point. I will say the moment where I kind of said, okay, now I'm, I'm truly glad that I watched this film other than to review mm. it with Alan was Annette Benning kind of gives a three things speech mm-hmm. when she comes up onto the shore mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah. not only have you redeemed the film for me, well, but you actually kind of you redeem, you made me change my mind about Diana and I. Yeah. And, and that's I'm like, okay. And that was the whole point of the film. I <laughs> right. think in a way, I mean, the film is based on a autobiography. Sure. 
So obviously you've got to take that with a grain of salt about, sure. you know, how much is, uh, how much of the, but to it's, make it's herself for the narrative, but film, sure. I'm, I was impressed to make, to, to show yourself as someone that really frustrated everybody around you and right. really annoyed people and had a hard time keeping relationships with anybody. <laughs> it was, I mean, you knew that that needed to be the development of the film is we had to get to a point where there was some acceptance of others and some embracing of, of more of a team approach to, to, to doing this. And we got there and I will say, I thought the ending was good. I thought the ending was really effective. Um, I think I liked the latter part of this film so much more because it was all in the water. Yeah. Okay. And it did go to a natural conclusion. There was a lot of development in that whole sequence of the actual, um, the journey. And, I think the whole film could have been that it's like, Ugh. don't even give me the whole hour, hour and a half of all the stuff on the land of, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. Like, let's start on the boat. Let's start with the, you know, let's, we're getting in the water and let, let their dynamic. We learn about their relationship from the dialogue that Diana has with Bonnie on the boat, because sure. there is a lot happening there. You know, again, this is for people who haven't seen the film or not quite sure what we're talking about. Obviously, she's doing this really long 110-mile swim. Sure. She's got boats that are kind of riding alongside of her. She's got a team of people that are there. That's kind of head up by Jodie Foster's Bonnie Stoll character. But they're able to kind of communicate with Diana. They have rules. They can't touch her. She can't get out of the water, you know. But they can still communicate with her. And there's still this dynamic of, you know, how driven Diana is and how they're facing some hardships and challenges. And do they make the call to stop it or not? That's character development. We learned sure. a lot about that relationship through there. So it's like, how great would this film have been to just be like, we're in the water and we're starting. And this is now, we're following this for the whole duration of the film. I, I think it's just once they got out on land in the first part of the film, I just I just never quite got into the story as much as I did once they, they hit the water. But I do credit the directors to that too. I think the, 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 the scenes in the water, on the boat, uh, under the water are all really, really good. Sure. And they're pretty exciting and they're pretty interesting and they're shot really well too, which would make sense because I, I agree with you. These I people think have these a background. Direct, that's yeah. what they do. Um, with the exception of um, some dream-like sequences. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those didn't work. When, I, she, I, when she's struggling in the water. Yeah. So, okay. And I get what they're trying to show, trying sure. to show that, you know, you mentally kind of, you kind of go outside of yourself out there. You're swimming for, you know, uh, 30, 40 plus 40 hours almost, I Long think, time. straight. Uh, I get it. You know, you're going to go a little loopy. You're not going to be. And they're trying to depict that. But it was using a lot of like CGI effects mm-hmm. and some just it just didn't work. And then there was an I think an over reliance on flashbacks. Okay. That I didn't think were necessary. Now, do you do you think that gave you a little bit of insight into naiads i think it's how what made her the person she she's very driven but i think it you get some background it. about some things that yeah, happened to her personally. but I, if yes but i think it force fed it okay you know there's actually a the one scene outside of the the water that i thought worked was there's a a, a you know we see in the flashbacks that diane naiad as a child had a real had a real fondness for her swimming coach and mm-hmm. A kind of real uh, feel like a little bit of a father-like figure there, but then that got violated. And 
obviously the flashbacks I thought were pretty heavy handed. Like, okay, yeah, we we get it. We know what's happening here. We know where this, this is this background story. But the scene that works is when, um, Bonnie comes back towards the end to come visit Diana. They had kind of split ways for a while and now they're talking again. And they just mentioned in passing, I think, uh, Diana does that, you know, did you hear that this coach, my old coach died and they have a dialogue about that. And like, that scene told me everything I needed to know about the impact that that had on, on Diana Nyad. I got you. So it's like, okay, that could have, that could have worked just as perfect without what I felt like were some real heavy handed flashback scenes uh, while she's swimming. But I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, when you're out there in the water and you, it's just you basically and you know, for hours on end, yeah, your mind's going to wander. You're going to think back. You're going to remember things. You're going to fantasize about things. They're trying to depict that. I just, I didn't feel like it was necessary and I didn't feel like it worked. Um, but everything else out in the water, I mean, there's a shark sequence, there's jellyfish. Oh my gosh. I'm scared to death of jellyfish <laughs> now. So, I mean, um, it's, it's some pretty intense scenes and well-made and well done. So, um, so I'm really mixed on this film. I think there's really good potential there. I think the performances are really strong, but I just wish I didn't feel like I was watching such a routine biopic when we're not in the water. It's like when we're not actually trying to perform this feat, the rest of it just, just kind of limped through it and it just, it just didn't engage me as much. So you got some other thoughts on this? Well, it, it all comes back to, you know, like you're saying, I, I like the film. It sounds like maybe I like it a little more than you. Well, I'm, um, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm real. Yeah. I'm but real I will say up. what, what really kind of knocks it out of the park for me is the acting. And that's, that's yeah. what at the end of the day, do I think it's, you know, a great film? No, for some of the reasons we've mentioned, I feel like it, it's, it's an okay film. It's not great. And if some of the aspects that you've talked about where you kind of stumble with it, I think, yeah, if the story could have been a little stronger and maybe not heavy handed in places, it would have worked. Um, some hints at why people hang out <laughs> with, with Diana and I she's obviously she's charismatic, but maybe, see some of that charisma instead of just this stone cold person. I think, you know, it comes back to the acting. Like I said, that's what really held me with the film. Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. she's steady and a consistent anchor of the film. She's a believable to me, audience kind of surrogate. If she believes and sticks with Nyad, okay, then I guess I will too. So it's kind of like through her eyes, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to continue sticking with this person. Cause there's going to be something that's going to, ultimately redeemer. And yeah, like I talked about Mm -hmm. the speech that she makes and she kind of hopefully changes a little bit and sees how it's not all about her. So yeah, foster. I, I think it's some of the best stuff I've seen her done in a long, or do in a long time. I mean, there was, you know, she's done contact silence of lambs and then kind of, you know, in general for me kind of fell off the radar for a while Mm -hmm. and she's done some stuff, but this really reminded me like, yes, Jody, Jody Foster's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll say and too. cut too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, mm, yeah, she's yes, very physically fit. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and somebody else who smaller role, um, Rice Ifans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you say the dude's name. If you've seen him, yeah. you, you know who this guy is. Um, he's great. He kind of plays mm-hmm. like a gruff navigator for the team, and uh, yeah, he's great. He kind of gets a little bit of character development. Mm-hmm. And at one point he like, you know, something, something huge happens and he gets a little emotional and he kind of laughs it off. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. So I just, the acting is really kind of what, what pulls us through. And 
if it hadn't have been for these three, I think I would have been like, uh, just another, oh, bi- yeah. no, just no. another biopic. But the fact that the acting of these three, I think really, for really me, there's two it. reasons to watch this. One is it's really good acting. And I think the acting it gets better later in the film Got you. than it is in the first half of the film. Uh, but yes, the whole second half of the film, I do think the acting is extremely strong. Um, and, and then those water underwater boat scenes, um, in the latter half are, are thrilling and, and interesting enough to watch to, to keep my attention as well. So yeah, that's the two things about it. Um, so it's good enough. And I just, <laughs> again, I, I think I just feel like that the, the falling into the biopic trappings that the story took in the first half, just were just, there wasn't a lot to it. It gotcha. was a lot of a, well, we have to go do this and now we're going to have to do this. And this is why we're doing this now. And this is why this is important now. It's like just a lot of telling and explaining relationships, which I know these biopics do because they're trying to just get, they're trying to cram you in with as much as they can to get to whatever it is that person's famous for doing that we're going to see. And it just, uh, I don't know. I was really groaning the first half of this film. I'm okay. just like, Oh no, I don't, I don't like where this is going. But by the end, I'm like, no, it, it's redeemed itself. It's good. It's, it's, it's made it work. And it's those two aspects that we talked about. So that's good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one little thing that I just thought was a really clever note. Um, okay. There's a lot of use of music throughout the film. And we, we understand that, you know, singing uh, to herself, Diana Nyad kind of singing to herself or at least mentally singing to herself, like kind of while she's swimming is kind of something that she does. Helps kind of establish like a rhythm. That's for right. How she's yeah. doing stuff. And the fact, yeah, they use popular music. That is music that you would assume is music. She probably liked and would listen to or think about, but then we actually get to hear Annette Benning as Diana Nyad, her voice kind of subtly woven in singing the songs as when they're out in the water. I'm like, okay, that was a nice touch. You know, just, to give us a little bit of a soundtrack, but we're actually hearing it kind of in her ears. In her head. Right, the way she would be singing it to herself. Like Little touches like that just made all those sequences work really well for me. And then then visually, there are some shots I thought were just great where the camera's halfway in the water, halfway above the water, and just kind of flowing with the – and you're just really seeing, okay, this is – I really get a sense of what this whole situation is like, and I get a sense of what she's going through. Um, it was great. So I think they depicted all that extremely, extremely well. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to, okay. Just talking about it, Chris, I've come out a little bit more positive than I did starting into this conversation. Sure. I still feel like it's an okay film. I wish it was better. Um, but it, it got pretty close in the latter half. So okay. yeah. Great. Anything else to say? No, no, Any no. Any other comments you got? No, we'll, we'll hit on, uh, we've talked about how we thought the acting was great and that kind of plays into, yeah, what we'll, well talk yeah, about Well, yeah, one of the reasons we escalated our kind of review of this film, it is on Netflix. It is available. It came out, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, been a little while. Yeah. So it's been out a bit, but um, it, it did get some Oscar nomination of love. We'll talk about it here in a minute. So we did want to kind of bring that up and uh, have our review to coincide with that. So, Chris, what we'll do is uh, we will get ready to take a little break. Nyad is available on Netflix for anybody who wishes to see it now. 
Um, I'm sure it's going to be rising up on the watch list ever since the nominations Probably. have come out. And of course, since our review. They're, they're well, yeah, they're going to get the foot candle bump Absolutely. on that too. So I expect that to happen the minute this episode <laughs> drops. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get our call from Netflix saying, yes. what happened? Why is Nyad going so crazy? Um, but yeah, let's uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to actually talk about Oscar nominations. Maybe after I share that trailer of a film I want to talk about. But we'll, we'll definitely get into the Oscar nominations in a minute and see where Nyad fell on our nominations list. So you're listening to Foot Candle Films here on The Mesh. We will be back in just a minute. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Alan Jackson and Chris Fry with you again. We had our review of the film Nyad, which is available on Netflix in the first part of the show. Um, me, a, a lukewarm review. Chris, slightly higher than me. Both of us, that uh, wasn't perfect, wasn't great, but a good enough film. And uh, has some has some reasons for people to watch it for sure. So, Chris, I want to before we get into our Oscar talk, which we are going to do in here in just a minute, uh, we do like to bring up films that we come across as kind of our trailer. We call it our trailer tapas, just yes. because tapas, you know, the little little morsels you get, you know, when you kind of compile different things and you get a little taste of different dishes. Uh, we call trailers our our version of tapas because the trailer gives you a little taste. I know that you and I have been a little. A little on the fence about watching trailers because trailers can be a little, can build up expectations, can maybe sometimes spoil too much information about the film. And I get that, but I do want to bring up a film when I feel like, or, or trailer when I feel like this is a film that uh, looks to be very interesting and has not been something I've been privy to before. And now a trailer's come out and now I'm really curious and fascinated by the film. And luckily, I don't think the trailer always gives away too much. I don't remember with this one if it does or not. I have seen this trailer. But Chris, let me let me set this one up. Okay. Um, you and I are both fans of any just about any film that A24, the movie studio, puts out. That's true. Um, they are really, they are releasing more and more films every year. Uh, most of the time, you know, almost without fail, those are ones that we come away with, with some positive reviews of, or at least uh, moderate to positive reviews. And uh, I like the the variety of things they put out under their label as well. Now, Julia Louise Dreyfus, as an actress, um, you know, mostly known for comedy. I mean, yeah, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, <laughs> yeah. deep, you know. Sure. But she has dabbled into kind of drama comedy, dramedy stuff. Sure. Uh, with the the film she's done with, is it uh, Nicole Hoff Center? Yeah, You Hurt My Feelings. You Hurt My Feelings and Enough Said, she did with James Gandolfini years ago. Both really good films. Yes. And great performances by uh, uh, Louise Dreyfus. So when I saw the, that this film was announced, uh, it's a film called Tuesday. And it's, under, it's an A24 film. And it's starring Julia Louise Dreyfus. Um, I, I, I immediately assumed this was probably going to be another dramedy type type film. Okay. I got the sense it was going to be a more serious film, but you know, I obviously assumed it would be somewhat lighter or have some more, 
some more lighter comedy moments to it just because of the, the, the talent involved. Sure. Um, let's just say, I think I'm wrong. And <laughs> okay. also I'm very intrigued by this film. So let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer for Tuesday. I just don't think you understand how Tinder works. Can I tell you something? I know exactly how Tinder works. Then you don't understand how flirting works. How do you think you got here? It hurts. Where, honey? Everywhere. So for those listening on the audio podcast, uh, that voice you heard that was not Julia Louise Dreyfus or uh, an actress playing her daughter uh, was a parrot, Um, (laughs) a giant parrot. Do we know who the voice was? I don't. Mm -mm, No. Um, So question, Chris, was it what you expected? And I mean, just from the very little setup I gave you on it. Sure. And immediate thoughts just in seeing this trailer. I mean, it looks, it looks incredible. Uh, maybe, maybe, although, you know, a lot of people were hoping, uh, you hurt my feelings would actually garner Julia Louis Dreyfus an Oscar nomination. Cause I really liked it. And I really liked her performance in that film as well. Um, this could be the film. Maybe <laughs> hadn't come out yet. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it, but based on the trailer, because it is such a stretch for her. I mean, she does, you heard in the trailer, she does kind of make a joke. Maybe she does get to use humor a little bit, but it obviously is a very dramatic role. A woman with her daughter who is ailing, who is sick, looks like has a terminal disease. Um, and the mother coming to terms with that. Yeah. It looks like it's the type of thing that would be uh, nomination worthy. <laughs> that's going to make an impression on people. Um, yeah, looks, looks, uh, looks pretty good. I'm also curious, which I didn't catch in the trailer because yes, it may have gotten a little dusty in the studio or watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't catch who's playing the daughter. So the daughter whose name is Tuesday. Okay. And it was played by Lola Pettigrew. Okay. Unfamiliar to me. Yeah. I'm looking to see, uh, if there's anything, uh, she was in the movie. She said, Okay. Um, as the younger version of one of the characters in that, that was the one about the, uh, um, gosh, kind it had a uh, Carrie research. Mulligan, right? It was re- reporters researching yeah, kind the, of the Weinstein, uh, thing, kind of the Weinstein right? situation. Yeah. Right. Um, so she had a, a smaller part in that looks like, but that's, she's done a lot. She's been a lot of things, but not anything. Well, and big. I think this could be what people refer to as a breakthrough performance mm-hmm. for her because obviously, or so it seems, uh, it's going to be a lot of shared screen time between this mother, daughter, mother, daughter, mother, daughter. And I'm assuming she's going to have a pretty big part in it as Tuesday. So yeah, it could be a Oscar nomination performance possibly from uh, Dreyfus and then maybe a breakthrough performance for the, uh, mm-hmm. the actress. So I, yeah, I'm, it was not on my radar at all. I had not heard of it and I am now anticipating it. So the parrot was voiced by uh, RNZ Kangia. Um, yeah. Unfamiliar with him as no, well. I'm familiar, but he's also done quite a bit of work. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then of course he, I think I mentioned the director, first time director. Okay. Uh, Dinah Onanuska Pusik. Okay. And 
Uh, she's done shorts. I should okay. take it back. She has directed several shorts, but first so this feature length her film. Debut, yeah. yeah, got you. Um, so we will certainly see with that how this comes together. Um, yeah, it just looks. Uh, it was not what I expected. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think that's something about a twenty four. I tend to like a lot of the stuff that they, they do, I guess basically because a lot of times when you look at films that are different, a 24s kind of had a hand in it. Um, and they've, they've had a lot of success, obviously everything everywhere all at once was like, you know, that got a bunch of awards at the Oscars. That was a really huge hit for them. Um, but they, they continue. And a lot of times it's first time directors. A lot of people they'll give their chance. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, the date on that. They're saying a release date is looking to be, gosh, I'm looking to see where it is. Um, the trailer just said coming soon. Yeah, so it's like see. August. Oh, so wow. They okay. did an early, early one on this. Well, now I wonder <laughs> if, mm. if they're kind of thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be good. So they're actually pacing it. Yeah. In August. Right. Yeah. So it comes out probably limited release in late August and has you know, a little more attention, September, October. Got you. Yeah. That could be part of the plan there. We will certainly see. I like, I'm rooting for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I'd like for her to get some more attention in the motion picture world. Sure. Um, and I think she's got the caliber to do it. So excited to see how this film comes together. <laughs> Hopefully the, the trailer is not a, uh, doesn't spoil too much. Doesn't spoil doesn't, too much, yeah. or it is not quite the caliber of the film. We'll we'll see, sure. or a higher caliber than the film itself. Uh, we will certainly see come August about that. And I'm assuming it's a theatrical release because A24. And I know they've partnered with Apple on some direct uh, they, releases they before, but and they've done TV shows as well. Like you know, but so, generally speaking, their stuff I, typically goes to theaters. So, yeah, I feel yeah. like. Well, and, and promoting it this far ahead to yeah. me definitely feels like that's their Probably goal. So. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you mentioned the word Oscar and yes. Academy Award a couple of times in your, 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 <laughs> your analysis of that trailer. It's on the brain. Obviously we had that, uh, in our conversation about Nyad as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into the fact that the, uh, Academy of motion pictures has, uh, released their list of nominations for the Academy Awards for this year based on all the 2023 films. So Chris, uh, you know, this is the 96th annual Academy Awards and really we're getting that close to a hundred, but (laughs) that'll be interesting to see in a few years. Yeah. Let's talk over uh, kind of the big, the bigger categories. I'm not saying that to belittle any other category. They're all extremely important awards, but the ones that typically get a little more attention, a little more talking, you know, and I think also ones that we're probably a little bit more, equipped to give our opinions on some of the other categories. Um, I've never been someone who can give a good analysis of what makes for a good sound mixing or sound production, but I obviously respect the award that they're giving out because people are do some amazing work in the films there, but let's, let's focus on the categories where we feel like we can at least be a little knowledgeable and be a little more uh, <laughs> sure. analytical about it. The, the big six, so to speak. And let's do the big six. Okay. Big six categories on this. Um, let's start with, um, I'm just kind of going in an order here. We're going to start with actor in a leading role. Okay. We're going to do that. I think mine are in alphabetical order here. So I think that's where it's coming from. So let me read out the nominations there and just want to get some thoughts from you on this. We have Bradley Cooper nominated for actor in a leading role for Maestro. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. And Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. 
Um, any surprises there? Anything you were kind of uh, well? I mean, I think by? I think the locks. Uh, I mean, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer. Like you know, <laughs> no no surprise there. Um, pleased, but after he won the Golden Globe, Paul Giamatti for holdovers. You know, pleased that he got it. Um, I can see that. Um, I I guess if I, there was a surprise, I would definitely say I'm happy to see it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pleased. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see him get, cause I, I really enjoyed his performance and he's somebody who he's been in lots of films. The last thing that I can think of that I really liked him in was a supporting role in the French dispatch. And yeah. I wanted him to win for that. You know, not, I can't even remember if he, I don't even know if he was nominated for that, No, no. Um, but I, I wanted him to be. Yeah. And so, you know, he did a lot of work, uh, Westworld on um, that mm-hmm. TV series, a sci-fi thing. So just very versatile actor, been around for a while. Glad to see him get a leading role that was that good and glad to see it get uh, nominated. What are your thoughts? No, I I felt like this was probably right on the money. I know there was some conversation about whether uh, Leonardo DiCaprio Mm. needed to be up in here for uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, No, I think these five are still probably five of the best. Um, I will go ahead and say fair, fair disclosure. I have not caught up with Rustin. So that is one I'm, I'm missing on, but I've heard, the performance is really strong there. So, so yeah. I have had a chance to see all the films. Um, I have some thoughts on Coleman Domingo, but I'm going to save that for when we discuss a later category. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll do that then. All right. So actor in a leading role. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's Killian Murphy's to walk away with. Although I would have said that, but Paul Giamatti has won a couple more awards. I think since then, Sure. For best actor that were kind of surprising. He beat Killian Murphy in a category for acting recently in another award ceremony. So we'll see. I feel like it's between those two, uh, uh, but I think Killian I Murphy is still going to be the one to walk away with it. I would agree. Yeah. I, I think it probably is uh, one of, one of those two. Yeah. So. We'll do actor in a supporting role now. So why don't you, can you read the nominations sure. for that? So we have Sterling K Brown from American fiction, Robert De Niro from killers of the flower moon, Robert Downey Jr. From Oppenheimer Ryan Gosling from Barbie and Mark Ruffalo from poor things. Yeah. And again, I, I don't feel like there were really any surprises here too. I think these, well, Sterling K Brown was a little surprising. I know I'll that, say that. That see, was, yeah. American fiction in general, I feel like didn't get a lot of buzz. I saw it. I liked it a lot. Um, but it just, I don't know if the release just wasn't like, I don't feel yeah. like there was a lot of buzz in it. So but people, critics mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. But then I don't think there was just a lot of natural audience buzz or awareness of it. So for it to get in in both of these kind of kind of surprising. Kind of surprising. Um yeah, I I feel like with this category, I mean, I think everybody kind of expected Robert Downey Jr's my my pick and my favorite in this list. I do really 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 like his performance in Oppenheimer and I think I think this could be the he's won a couple of awards already for it. I I think this could be a year to see him up on the stage. Uh, for this one, I know there's a lot of love for Ryan Gosling's uh, Barbie performance, which is great, and I'm glad he got a nomination. But I think I think Downey's Downey's kind of knocked it out of the park with this one. That's my my take. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, I will mention some things, but again, I need to hold my commentary for something. You're, you're making us. You're you're, you're yeah, teasing I'm, and I'm waiting teasing. to build. Yeah, up so I have I have some Coleman Domingo thoughts, and uh, you have Barbie thoughts. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was, I mentioned surprise for Sterling K Brown. Um, I will say, um, Ryan Gosling in this category, if you 
went to the Wayback Machine for a review of Barbie that we had on the show here. Um, I was wanting Ryan Gosling to be put up for actor. Um, but, you know, politics and mm. things that, okay, he's supporting. Like, he is kin. <laughs> so I get it. But, yeah, you think of anyone else doing kin. Yes, somebody else. But just something about him doing it, I, I now I can't imagine anyone else doing sure. kin. So I... My, not, I'm not belittling Robert Downey Jr. When we reviewed Oppenheimer, yes, I thought he was really good. Um, and if you're giving credence to the category, definitely more of a supporting role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like it would be between those two, Robert Downey and uh, Ryan Gosling. So, no, I could see that. I, I could see it. Look, I, I was, I was so happy with Robert De Niro's performance in killers of the flower moon. I, it was one of the things I talked about in the review. I thought he was, it was one of the better things I've seen him do yep. in Agreed. over a decade. I, I thought he um, was better than that, than the Scorsese film before that. Uh, the Irish. Oh yeah. I agree yeah, too. So I think he liked better. Yeah. Yeah. And then I really also enjoyed Mark Ruffalo and poor things. I mean, this is a good, good category. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a packed yeah. category. All of the sure. performances I liked, uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think my prediction is it's going to be Downey. Um, I could see a Ryan Gosling upset um, or surprise win for that. So, uh, okay. Actress in a leading role. Here we go. Uh, the nominees for actress in a leading role are Annette Benning for Nyad, who we talked about earlier in the show. Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. And Emma Stone for Poor Things. In this category, Chris, I have my prediction of, I think, who's going to win. I have my preference for who I would like to see win. (laughs) And then I do feel like there's one nominee in here that didn't need to be in here and could have been replaced, should have been replaced out by somebody else. So, okay. Uh, Here's where the Barbie comment was, you know, I reserved Mm. a I couldn't think of anybody else being Ken outside of Ryan Gosling, especially Mm. after the... And you, you even, even watching the trailer, you're like, oh, that's that's perfect casting. Margot Robbie mm-hmm. as Barbie. Like, I, I can't think of anyone else pulling that off the way she did. And I, I just... Okay. So is it... it is, yeah. I'm I, not stating anything. The internet has not already like no, been no, on and fire. Look, and, and let me just play... Let me play... Let me play the... Let me play the controversial devil's advocate internet troll guy here. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. I get your point. Margot Robbie. You could not see anybody else playing Barbie besides Margot Robbie. That statement in itself doesn't necessarily mean it's one of the five best performances by a woman in the year 2023. Um, so well, I'm saying that in addition to, I think it was one of the best okay. top five performances. Fair enough of the year. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I was not terribly surprised to not see it up there. Well, me neither, because that's what the Oscars always do. If something's deemed a comedy, they give it short shrift. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of that. Um, so, yeah. And I think that if you look at the other nominees, although the I think Emma Stone was pretty comedic. I mean, I think it had more comedy than not in her, her performance. Um, I will say Annette Benning was the one I, I didn't think that was one of the five best. Um, I would have been happier if Margaret Robbie had been there instead of Annette Benning. I think the other four are strong. I do think uh, Annette Benning, I would not have added, had on that list just personally. I, she's good. 
Well, it's, but again, I mean, we're talking the top five out of hundreds of films and performances right. throughout that's, the year, that, you know? That's the thing, is when yeah. it comes down to this, that's why I like to mention, typically, the way when we have these discussions, it's like surprises about people that made it on, and like they're celebrating that, because sure. seeing Oscar snubs as when it comes to nominations, that's a rabbit hole that if you go down, you'll never get out of. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're right. There are so many films, and you're talking about out of all these films, these are the best five? Well, you know, who knows? But it is a surprise to me because, I mean, let's, you know, honestly, I'll just throw it out there. Because Barbie made so much freaking money. Well, there's that too. So because of that, it is a surprise to me that Margot Robbie is not on this list. Now, yeah, it's like, well, then who would you knock off and all this kind of yeah. But yeah, I, I... I was a little surprised. I was, I was, I was a little surprised too. Uh, again, I, I do feel like Annette Benning, strong performance, sure. good performance, but I would not have given it a top five. <laughs> and I look, but at the same time, I also do feel like Margot Robbie's performance compared to the other four. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think these other four are f- the four strongest performances we had by a woman, uh, uh, actress in 2023, Lily Gladstone. I think she's going to win it. Just my prediction there. Um, Sandra Huller, really strong. Carrie Mulligan, I loved in that her performance in that role, but I I just don't think she has enough. I don't think that film got enough buzz and enough uh, uh, love from well, other groups. To, and I, for me, to make that I work. almost could see that as a supporting performance. It so does that, border more on yeah. supporting. And then Emma Stone, I that's my prayer. I would love to see Emma Stone win it because I think that was the best performance by a woman in 2022 or 23. Um, but we'll see. Um, I just really love poor things so much and it was all driven by her. She, she made that film work. Um, so we'll see. I, I think Lily Gladstone is going to win it and well, deservedly. So I think she's really good too. Yeah. I, I think, I think she probably will. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, every once in a while this can happen body of work type thing. And Annette Benning like comes out of nowhere. <laughs> no, but look, I'm not going to be shocked if Annette Benning walks away <laughs> with it because you're right. Body of work. She's portraying a real person. You know, it's a very, it's a much more, well, no. hers and Emma Stone's roles are a little more showy performances. Right. Okay. Lily Gladstone, Sandra Hewler, Carrie Mulligan, their performances are a lot more understated. Right. It's not big showy performances. They're good, but just not showy. Right. And sometimes the Academy Awards does go for the showy performances. Right. So you're right. And Ed Benning could very easily pull out a surprise <laughs> win on this. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to actress in a supporting role. Uh, you want to knock those out for us? Sure. We got Emily Blunt from Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks from The Color Purple, America Ferrari for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and then Devon Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. So I have some controversial thoughts to share on a couple of categories, and this will be one of them. Okay. I Well, okay, and I'll follow up with my Coleman Domingo. <laughs> Even though this is the actress category, I'll, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I, I don't think this was the strongest category for nominations in general. Um, I'm someone who does not think Emily Blunt's performance in Oppenheimer was all that. <laughs> okay. Just going to okay. go ahead and lay that out there. Uh, I was really happy to see Daniel Brooks for the color purple. I think that was a well-deserved nomination. I think that was really good. Uh, America for our, I, 
Look, I, I, I credit her performance with the writing, which we're gonna, I want to talk about in a little bit. Okay. okay. I think screenplay-wise, yes, she was given a very, very good role with some really, really great dialogue. But I don't know if her performance quite measures up. That's, again, I'm being controversial. I'm just I'm throwing some fire. I mean, I've heard other people. I'm throwing some fire out I've there I've heard right other now, people Chris. sling those arrows. So, yeah. We talked about Jodie Foster for Nyad. I think she was really good. But is she award-winning good for that film? I don't know. Now here's my biggest controversial take. As much as I love the holdovers. Oh, Alan. As much as I love that movie, more Alan. than you can imagine how much I love that movie. You've seen it five times. I've seen it five times. Um, I don't think she's a, a I, I don't think that performance is the best of the year. So I'm wow. kind of stuck. Actually, out of these five, who do I think really pulled off the best? Probably Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. I would give it to that. She's not going to win it. I mean, I think it's going to be Divine Joy Randolph. Or maybe Emily Blunt. I think that's the two. But I'm saying Daniel Brooks was, the, I think, the best performance I saw. Wow. Anyway, like I said, oh. I'm just here to throw some fire on the on the pot. Yeah, man. You, you are the controversial Stirring person. it up. Look, we don't get the hits and the listens, Chris, unless <laughs> we have to push some buttons here. Right. Okay? Well, I would totally disagree. Uh, right. I think Divine Joy Randolph was amazing. And out of those five, she is who I think will win think we'll should win, win. And want to have one. yes okay now Fair i'll enough. follow that up with danielle brooks is the other one from this category that i really think was was great um so i would be i would be i'll be happy if either one wins yeah. honestly um now this is the i didn't mention this in the supporting <laughs> supporting actor category but that's um so coleman domingo for rustin mm-hmm. i've seen the film um, he's he's good in that, but I think his performance in the color purple hmm. as um, what's the guy's name? Well, Mister. Mister. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. some generic mm-hmm. name. Yeah, he plays uh, Mister in the color purple. You think he's better in the color? Purple. I think he's better in a color purple than yeah. he is in Rustin. I mean, good performances in both, but as far as like strength of performance, no, I, I really I, think he I could have been. I, I'm I'm sad to see that he wasn't nominated for his supporting role in the color purple, um, but glad to see that Danielle Brooks was. Um, okay. So fair enough. I I, I do think this, this category is interesting because Mm -hmm. I, I, all predictions are divine joy Randolph is going to win because she's been winning every other award for (laughs) best supporting actress. Is she the globes? Is she? Yeah, I think she she did. did. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very torn on this category. I'm mixed and I'm very contrarian in my opinion on that. Well, I, you know, Emily Blunt, like her a lot as an actress and granted, I have, I've seen Oppenheimer once. I was really high on it when I saw it. Um, so distance probably plays recency bias probably plays that, but I will say of the nominations, hers is the one that maybe seems, you know, a little faded. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't really see her in the race, so to speak. She was good, but yeah, it was the other people. Like it's almost their supporting role was, seemed to be somewhere between a lead and a, it was, mm-hmm. it was more than just a supporting girl. So key to the film. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be interested to see. Yeah. That'd be very interesting to see where that goes. Um, I feel like honestly, I liked her in Barbie, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like American Ferrer in a way that was kind of a, a make nice for leaving Margot Robbie out of <laughs> lead actress. Yeah. But what, you know, who knows? And I also think, I mean, look, the Academy Awards love a good, 
scene chewing monologue scene. Well, that is true. That's, and America that, that's the did moment have. they could show. Yeah. Because up until that moment, I don't really think there was anything much to her performance in that film. Um, it's not a acting performance. I think about or recall from that film, except for actually she has two, two, two kind of monologues. Sure. And she pulls them both off really, really well. But again, I credit the writing of the film more for that than I do the acting. So, okay. Um, yeah. And look, I, I like America for her. I think she's great. I think uh, I've always enjoyed her in TV shows, Superstore she did. Uh, um, what is the one? Uh, Ugly, Ugly Betty, Betty show she was in. Uh, uh, traveling Sisterhood, uh, Traveling Pants of the Sisterhood. I forget the name of that. Anyway, she was <laughs> in that as well. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That's it. Maybe? I got the words in the wrong <laughs> yeah. order, but that's it. Yeah, she's really good. Okay. Just, just there were better things about Barbie than her performance. I guess I'll leave it at that. Can we go to directing? Yes. Okay. This best director or directing award. We have five nominees for this. We have Anatomy of a Fall by just uh, Justine Tri- Triette. I think I'm saying that right. Triette. Yeah, I think okay. so. Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Well, people um, say Marty, but yeah. Marty Scorsese. People who know him. Right. So yeah. Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan. Uh, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos. And The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glazer. So, Chris, yes, um, this this uh, this category has come under some fire uh, for having a <laughs> some what, Barbie bias. What many people are saying it was a quote obvious uh, miss, which was not having Greta Gerwig on here for directing Barbie, right. the biggest movie of the year, cultural touchstone, um, recognized in several other a few other categories already, but not in directing. Um, given the five nominees that we do have, Chris, what's your take on that? I mean, do you feel that that is an oversight or you feel like they, they, they got five strong ones and she was just outside the bubble on this for the same reason that I feel like it was, I was shocked <laughs> that Margot Robbie didn't get in best or lead actress. Um, I'm surprised that Greta Gerwig didn't get a nomination for directing. I really, really am. Um, <sighs> For example, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Uh, Zone of Interest we haven't reviewed on the show. Um, Jonathan Glazer, I like Under the Skin, one of his other films he's done. Zone of Interest, it didn't really impress me directing-wise. The film overall wasn't that high. It's not a bad film, but just wasn't – I'm not with a lot of other critics who just Mm -hmm. were really on board with it. Poor Things, Um, Yorgos Lanthimos. I'm not as high on that film as I have been on some of his previous ones. Um, the things that stood out were Ruffalo and Emma Stone, not the direction. So again, kind of surprised that that snuck on here as well. So yeah, not having space for Greta Gerwig, but having space for Lanthimos and Jonathan Glazer. So, okay. Notice I'm not saying it's a surprise of Scorsese who could direct the telephone book yeah, yeah. and probably, but, but, but all right, let me, the fire moon was good. So, all right, throw a little gas on the fire here a little bit. Um, I'm with you half the way there. <laughs> okay. So I am going to go ahead and say this and, um, maybe I will not, uh, give my email address at the, out at the end of the show or any way of reaching out to me. So I don't get any <laughs> hate mail on this. Um, you think her the not having Greta Gerwig was completely justifiable. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I don't see Barbie to me worked on so many levels, but I don't look back at it and say that the directing of that film is what 
worked for me. It was acting and primarily it was writing. Okay, I think it is. I think it should win best screenplay. Absolutely. I think Greta Gerwig wrote an amazing script for this film. And I think that the conceit of the film, the dialogue of the film, all the writing is wonderful. And it should win every writing award possible given to Barbie because it was the best written film of the year. I don't always think that, that translates to direction. I mean, to me, you know, it's easy to look at the directing category and say, okay, well, what film's the best picture of the year? Which film is the best written of the year? Which one's the best actor of the year? And then it's easy to just kind of assume, well, that must mean it was the best directed. And I don't always feel that way. I think direction is a, its own craft of taking those elements and how do you express it in a way that just works and I feel like all the awards should go to writing and production design and some of the acting for Barbie, but directing I'm okay with it with Greta Gerwig not being on that list for that. I mean, again, there are hundreds of films released every year. These are five that you have to get down to. People are going to be left out. Really good stuff's going to be left out of the five. Her directing's good, but I feel like, I feel like four of these five are better. Now, the other half while I'll agree with you on is I totally agree with you on Jonathan Glazer for Zone of Interest. I don't think that should be on the list. I'm actually, I, I, it's not that I didn't like that film. I, I, it just didn't work for me the way it did work for some other critics. And I don't think direction was the thing that made that film work for critics either. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed it's up there, but I am a champion for the other four. I think the other four are really, really good directing. Um, I don't know. That's my, that's my controversial take. I'm okay with Greta Gerwig not being on that list. If she had made the fifth slot instead of Jonathan Glazer, I'd be totally happy and totally fine. But I also get it why she didn't. And I know it seems like a slight and it's the internet's upset about it and people are upset. I get it. I mean, everybody's going to be upset about something. I mean, (laughs) we have five slots to fill out of hundreds of films made. I mean, I can be upset that, uh, you know, uh, my, the holdovers didn't me, it's get just a direction. Really, it's just really ironic mm-hmm. considering the film subject matter of Barbie and the, yeah, know, the look, patriarchy is just really ironic could we, that, could, that the things that we award for Barbie are just best picture overall, which does not go to the director, the producers of the film, which I don't true. know if she's a producer or not, but basically it, you know. And you give no Ryan luck. Gosling up and it's just like, okay. And granted, okay, screenplay, but that was also done with Noah Baumbach, dude. So yeah. the things that you touch on other than American Friars. So it's just ironic, but you were right. Hundreds of oh, hundreds, thousands of films every year. It's just surprising, but that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I tend to live in my little, my little perfect utopia world where, uh, these judges and people making these votes are not biased by gender or not biased for whatever. I like, I'd like to believe that. And I have no idea of knowing and getting in the heads of these people. If they were influenced at all, it is a shame that yes, four out of the five directors are men. It is a shame that yes, Barbie, the biggest film of the year and bigger than just box office, just culturally biggest film. Um, didn't get some of the nominations for its lead female leaders, you know, direction and, and actress. It is, that is a shame. I get no, that. The, but, yeah, yeah. but again, I mean, if I really want to look at this holistically and say, all right, what were truly the five best directing jobs? <laughs> okay. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, is it right that it just happens to be four out of five of them were men? 
Maybe, I guess, you know, I mean, sure. I could make a case for that. Um, anyway, it's tough. I get it. And I understand why people can be upset about it, but, uh, I'd like to believe there was nothing malicious about it. It was just truly, she should win for screenplay. I hope she walks up on that stage and takes that and leaves Noah out in the crowd. And she just comes up and gets it herself because I mean, really that's it. Well, what, um, be- what better gift could the Academy have given? I don't know. Is Jimmy Kimmel doing the ceremony this year? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So what better gift could they give Jimmy Kimmel than a joke for his monologue that'll go over like gangbusters and I'll go ahead and give it to you right now. Congratulate, you know, the opening monologue. He's like talking about, and congratulations to Greta Gerwig for being nominated for best adapted screenplay for Barbie. Great film. Who knew those films don't have to be, who knew those films don't have to be directed like right. that? Like, yeah, yeah. and basically like giving her credit, they'll cut the camera, you know, she'll like say thank you. Not, and then slam the Academy for not like what better joke. Like, so yeah, yeah they've yeah. given Jimmy Kimmel a gift. So, yeah, but who knows? I know. Who knows? I, 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 have, I, just, I have a hard time being up in arms about, quote, snubs. Sure. It's, when it's hard to a say. film is getting, I mean, Barbie's still got, I think, the most nominations across categories. That, well, Oppenheimer got the most. Say. Barbie is close second, though, I think, with number of nominations. I mean, the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie's gotten, like, so many nominations. That is awesome. That is great. I get it. It's a shame it's not for these two leading females that kind of drove the project. It is is a shame. But I kind of get it a little bit. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, again, that's just that's just uh, opinions there. We're flirting. Uh what what category do we want to do next? So, we the la- last of the big 6 is best picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Forgot about that. <laughs> best picture. So uh, you want to tell us the 10 nominees for Best Picture. Sure. So we have American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. So yes. um, I'll say, you know, out of all those, um, pleased. And, that you know, this is one that I, you know, snubs, I, you know, but I'll say surprised um, and glad that uh, American fiction made the list. Yeah, that one, it would have been a surprise for me, you know, three months ago, if you, we were predicting this and in, in the last month or so, we've heard, I've heard a little bit more buzz build up about it. Director's some, first feature. Yeah. I mean, but look, it's great that it made the list. Uh, and got two n- other nominations as well. Nothing on this list Three was other. a surprise to me. Like now that we're down in the home stretch oh, here, I'll, I'll give another one. That's a surprise. Okay. What's the surprise? <laughs> so, Okay. American fiction. Oh, past lives. You're going to say past that. lives is a surprise, yep, right? I'm going to pile on. Yeah. Apparently controversial take for me is yeah. that I wasn't that big on that film. Sure. Not that I'm saying it's a bad film, but well, it got nothing else. Everybody except else for writing, on, I think, right? Everybody else. Uh, yes. It got original screenplay. Yeah. So everybody else is all about past lives. Saw it. Thought it was the kiss of death. Fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, surprised that uh, past lives made the list. Surprised that, American fiction made the list and pile on some of the hate for zone of interest, not hate, but just kind of ambivalence. I knew it was going to be nominated, even though it was not one of my favorites. Um, Well, the only reason I would have guessed is because it made it onto the directing list. So if you're going to make it on the directing list, usually I think you're also pretty good like there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised at the end of the day by any of these, I was a little surprised in past lives getting a best picture nomination, but not getting anything else. 
Other than writing. Other than writing. Uh, would I have liked to have seen uh, the lead actress nominated? Sure, but I'm not going to say it was one of the top five best either, although it might have replaced Annette Benning, and I would have been okay with that. <laughs> um, okay. So... Yeah, not really any big surprises there. But where do you, where do you feel we're going? Are we going Oppenheimer? Is that going to be the end game, or is there going to be well, a surprise? Obviously, we're not going else? Barbie. Um, so that would be a, a losing thing to think that because I think there's not enough support through other. It won't win Best Picture. Thing. No. no. Um, so I would think probably Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, mean, I think Oppenheimer is going to take it. Still do. And it's one of those things where Oppenheimer could end up kind of it being a sweep maybe for that year because. He, Nolan's been nominated but never won for like best director. So that's true. We actually didn't give our prediction on best director, yeah. but I, I, my prediction is Oppenheimer's best picture, best director, uh, actor, supporting actor. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's going <laughs> to, yeah, I think that's where it's going to, I think well, that's where it's going to fall. Interestingly enough. So we'll just, you know, these were the categories that we said that we were going to discuss, but we're kind of semi discussing other categories in the midst of doing it. Um, it's interesting to me that Oppenheimer is up for adapted screenplay. It was, you know, it was adapted. I, I get why that one is, but in that same category, Barbie is actually nominated. And originally Barbie was being sold by Warner brothers as being an original screenplay. And mm -hmm. then they backed off that. And mm -hmm. then like on other marketing material, it said best original screenplay and they changed their mind and they went to adapted which I was like, dude, you're going up against Oppenheimer trying to make, I don't, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see. I think adapted screenplay is going to be a really tough. Well, I'll category. say this uh, as, as technically strong a film is that Oppenheimer is, I don't think it was the best written film. I think it was an overwritten film. I think oh, it okay. was, uh, I think part of the skill of writing is knowing what to put in, what not to put in, what to, what to, and I think Oppenheimer just is all over the place writing wise and a little too much overwritten. No, look, I will, I normally don't get passionate about these categories, Chris, but if Barbie <laughs> doesn't win writing in that category, um, set fire to the streets. Uh, just like we will we'll go burn it down. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm look, I do feel like that was the best screen. I've been saying that since day one, when I saw the film, it's extremely well written film. Just the concepts it's covering the, the discussion it raises the dialogue. So well written. So that's why I'm like, yes, it has to walk away with writing. Absolutely. If it wins more than that, great but it has to hit win writing because it was the best written film. And yeah, putting it in adaptive screenplay is a little bit more challenging, but I'll be really bothered if it, if Oppenheimer beats it in, in writing, it's just, that should not happen. Um, I didn't know if the, yeah, agreed. I, I've, I hope Barbie does, I, but with the, what may be a tsunami of wins for Oppenheimer, I wonder if it, you know, it could get wrapped up in it and right. I'll be disappointed if Oppenheimer wins. I just don't think that's, I don't think that's the award it should walk away with it. Gotcha. It's, it's got a good case to make for the other awards I, I mentioned, but not writing okay. now, even writing original screenplay. That's you may December is a film. I know you weren't as high on it. I did like it quite a bit and was really surprised. It didn't get really anything else other than original screenplay writing. Um, and then my my film, The Holdovers, you know, got in the original screenplay category as well, sure. along with Maestro, Past Lives, and Anatomy of a Fall. That's a that's a tough one. I don't know where I would going to fall with that one for original screenplay. 
Uh, I'd love it to be the holdovers just because I think, yeah, well, the screenplay is what drives a good bit of that film. But um, I'm they, actually surprised they're kind of running yeah. all over the categories. Yeah. Kind of surprised Alexander Payne didn't get it for directing a nomination. Yeah, for, I was a little it, bit. You know, I would have much rather seen that than Jonathan Glazer for his own of interest. I would have been much happier with uh, with that. But but at the same time, I also get it. The Holdovers is not a it's not an overly directed film. It's a fairly cut and dry standard film from a from a directorial standpoint. So I kind of get it. But I would have been happy if Alexander Payne had been up there for sure. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of categories that are going to be interesting. I think original screenplay is going to be interesting. Adapted screenplay, yes, it'll be. It has to be Barbie. It can cannot be anything <laughs> else but Barbie. Right. Best picture and half the acting, I think, is going to go to Oppenheimer. On the actress uh, supporting and best actress, I think there's a lot more play. I think there's a lot more guesswork where that's going to go um, with those two categories. So give me a hot take, Alan. Yeah. Is it possible, tell me it's possible, for something other than one of the Barbie songs to win for original song? Uh, no, it's not a, It's not possible. Sorry. I mean, really. When no you, hot take here. No, I mean, unless, I mean, it's, again, it's going to be Riot in the Streets if it's, you know, the fire inside from the movie Flame and Hot, which, I mean. I've seen the I've, movie. I've never heard anybody humming that out on the street. <laughs> right. um, you've got I'm Just Ken. And you've got what was I made for both from the Barbie movie, right? It has to be and one what of was those I made two. for by Billie Eilish, who's already run won an Oscar for yeah. original song. Yeah, but so. those it has, it's going to be one of those two. I the other two, you know, from American Symphony, a song it never went away. Um, American Symphony not nominated for best documentary, which was a little bit of a surprise. So yeah, okay. Here again, <laughs> we said we were going to do the big six. Let's. Let's talk about uh, documentary features. Okay. All right. Um, I will run down the list just because it's kind of, so we I have seen any of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to rely solely on you in this one, Chris. So we have Bobby Wan, the people's president. I have not seen it. Eternal memory. Have not seen it. Four daughters. Have seen it. Uh, to kill a tiger. Haven't seen it. And then 20 days in Mariupol. Have seen it. So of the five, I've only seen two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard this critique amongst other movie critics actually celebrating it. David Ehrlich was the one that I saw call it out. He said in a year where there are a lot of documentaries, um, about famous people specifically, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the little Richard documentary, which I saw loved, think recommended here on the podcast. And then we, re- did we review it? I think we did oh, yeah, still no. the Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. both of those loved them. But he said in a year when there were so many of those, he was pleasantly surprised to see documentaries about like subjects and world events that happening to see those highlighted and put up for, you know, instead of, I guess, knocking down the Oscars or something, he said, Hey guys, good, good job on that. And I'll actually kind of agree. Um, it's, it's surprising to see that Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see the Michael J. Fox just because I really liked it or the little Richard, because I think they were both really well done and I liked them, but it is kind of interesting, kind of cool. Um, yeah, the people's president. I've it's all about this. Uh, I don't know which country in Africa, but it's all about this guy becoming president. You know, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, the four daughters, which I have seen, it's about disappearing daughters because of the mm-hmm. Taliban. You know, all right. these like interesting things. So yeah. it's kind of topical cool. documentaries and, and interesting subject matter. And obviously, the Mariupol is all about the yeah. Ukraine. 
I'll I'll say way back when when I was you know in middle school and I would stay up late to watch the Oscars, what I would watch the Oscars for wasn't the speeches, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was to hear about movies that I'd never heard about. Yeah. And back then that happened a lot because, you know, there wasn't really, there wasn't the internet. And so nowadays when we watch the Oscars, I've usually heard of all the movies. So it's kind of just like, Oh, who thinks it's when? And then you do watch it because maybe a speech is really cool and it's cool to see an actor, you know, have a Mm -hmm. good speech. But this year I'll say putting the other documentaries on my radar, I'm glad they were nominated because now I'm like, okay, these are documentaries that I have not heard of and I need to seek out. And I've got, I've got three. I need to do some homework on. Yeah. That's cool. Now, I I did think the documentary feature category was interesting in that it was five relatively unknown films. Yeah. The ones I think all the buzz was about was that American Symphony, the John Batiste film was going to be. Yeah, that's another like documentary about him. And it's good. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where we kind of roll back to our conversation about original song. That's why I'm saying I don't think that's going to be one that wins. And then we have a song which, look, I love the, the music from Killers of the Flower Moon. But having as a particular one single song from it nominated, I thought was a little odd choice. Yeah. Um, I think overall it, it's got a good chance of winning best original music score score for the film because the score is amazing for Killers of the Flower Moon. Robbie Robertson. Robbie Robertson score. Yeah. But uh, having the song, I, I don't think that was a, a great. So yeah, it'll be one of the two Barbie songs. So, so which will make me happy. Let me get on my little soapbox, which I think I've gotten on before whenever we talk about original song. Oh yeah. Um, I despise songs that don't play some role in the movie. In the actual movie, not in during the, movie. the credits. Yes, not in the opening credits or in the closing credits. Even though I like Skyfall and think it is an amazing song, but it actually had a little bit of relevance, but it was still in the opening credits because Skyfall played a part of like what it meant. It was the home for James Bond, all that kind of stuff. But still, integrating a song into the film and have it like... I can't think of a more pivotal thing. Like I'm just Ken. Like that's a huge part in the the film. Yeah. And like, yeah. Well, so let me, if let for me, original song, I want it to be something that like, I don't know. I want it to be actually essential to the film. I'm with you on the closing credits. I do not think a closing credits song ought to be considered as a, a best original song for a movie. I completely agree. I like when agree. it's paired with the action that's yeah. going on on screen. Opening credits to me, I think it could work. I think about, I mean, it's not an original song, so I'm not saying it should have belonged there, but the song that plays at the beginning of the holdovers, it plays in the opening while credits are going on, but it is a, it is a, it's a song tied in, it, 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 it ties into the film and it works. And, and so I'm, I think opening credits are a little hit or miss, you know? as far as whether original song could be counted, but I'm totally with you on closing credits. Yes, it has to play. If it's in the opening credits, like the James Bond Skyfall, it just has to be integral to the film in some way. And I think the Skyfall opening credit song was because it's, it's the James Bond opening. That is a part <laughs> of the film that's, you know, um, but yeah, well, if, if have- it's a song that cues up right when the credits start at the end, the end credits, I'm like no, that's that that's not a song that I used to hate it when they would sell that song as being like a song on the soundtrack for a movie, and it's like becomes a big hit, and then you go to see the movie, and it's like you don't hear that song until final credits are playing at the end. I'm like, oh, that sucks. That's not part of the movie, so you know, yeah, know, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. I'm with you. Um, anyway, yes, it has to be one of the two Barbie songs. I would agree. think it'll probably be what was I made for just because that was already winning some stuff. And it's more of a 
the messaging behind it's, that song yeah. is a much stronger. And it is, it is in the film. It does yeah. like, it's oh, not yeah. a, th- it's no, not it's, a credit song. It's no, in the it's, film. And it has it is, a emotional, it, it's a the big emotional moment from the movie. That hit whereas that song, I'm so. just Ken is an awesome song. And it's just a fun song. Yeah. It's not as, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, gotcha. okay. Well, I think that's all we're going to talk about with the nominations, Chris. We went even a little deeper than we expected to on that, but it just happens. There's a lot to chew on with this. The award ceremony is going to be March 10th. So we will definitely be recapping after that show to find out uh, how our predictions went. What do we think? I mean, you and I will both be officially filling out a ballot yes. in the coming weeks. So we will be locked in and that's where we say our, our, our predictions are going to be. So then when we get past the ceremony and we see the winner's list, then you and I can get on this our two microphones here and explain and admit to the audience what we actually had selected on our ballot and how many we got <laughs> right or wrong compared to right. the actual winners. Sure. So, all right. Good deal. Well, Chris, I know that you've got a couple of recommendations to share or at least some, some quick recommendations to make sure. that are related to the Academy Award uh, discussion that we just had. Yes. So I'm going to turn it over to you to wrap up the show for us. What are some recommendations you want to share with our audience uh, for their film going experiences. So actually, and it has to do with hopefully you'll fill out a ballot to do a Oscar nomination or, you know, winners ballot contest maybe. And this will help you in that pursuit because what I'm going to do is recommend three films that can be watched for free on YouTube. And there are two documentary shorts. One is the barber of little rock and the other one is, um, let's see, what was the other one? The Last Repair Shop. And both of those can be found if you just go to YouTube and you Google one's the New Yorker YouTube and the other one's the LA Times YouTube. But um, both of those films, you can watch the full thing up on YouTube. So Barber of Little Rock and Last Repair Shop, both good documentaries. And right. I actually think, aside, it'll probably end up being one of those two winning. Mm, <laughs> um, nice. Haven't seen all the nominees, but I'd be surprised because they're just both really strong. And the other film I'll nominate or not nominate, but recommend is from the live action short film category. And it's there again. It's on YouTube. It's New Yorker. You can find it on their YouTube channel and it is night of fortune. And so Mm. that's, that's another one. So for free, you can kind of maybe get the leg up in your Oscar pool because you can go watch those and determine how good you think they are. Mm. So all available on YouTube titles again are night of fortune Barber of Little Rock and The Last Repair Shop. Okay. Very nice. Good. Um, real quick, we forgot to mention, but there is one film that we need to call out. Oh, how, yes. Right? One yes. film that was in the nominations list that we need to call out. Yes. Because uh, we, we, you know, we have a film festival, the Foot Candle Film Festival, we put on every September. We're going into our 10th year this year uh, of the festival. And We've been really fortunate that some films we've been able to bring have gotten some award recognition in the past or at least been considered on short list for some. But is this the first one we've had that actually did get an official Oscar nomination? Yes. Uh, the one Alan is speaking yeah, of yeah. is in the animated short film Letter to a Pig has been nominated. And we brought that for our 2023 festival. And yeah, we've had other films that have made it in the short lists but we've never actually had one of the films that we brought make it to be a nominated Academy Award nominated film. So kind of cool. It is. It's very, very cool to be able, I mean, yes, we're going to be pulling for that one to win because it'd be cool to say (laughs) we had a Oscar winning film play at our festival um, last year, but um, 
just to have it on the nominations list, I think was a, uh, was great. So uh, it played in our night gallery, late night films, I believe. Correct? Absolutely. On mm-hmm. uh, opening our, our, our primary Friday night uh, weekend event. So yeah, great. All right. Well, we'll be pulling for that one uh, just you know, for ourselves. That's kind of a personal thing for us. To pull for. <laughs> I'm so. sure they'll, if they were to win, I'm sure they'd thank us. Because, uh, well, yeah, I'm expecting yeah. it. I'm right. expecting it. Um, all right, guys. Well, that is everything for the show today. We had our review of the film Nyad. We had discussion about the upcoming Julia Louis-Dreyfus film Tuesday. Uh, We discussed our Oscar nominations and our analysis of what we saw. And then Chris gave some recommendations of some films that you can check out online to help fill out your Oscar ballot if you're wanting to see these before the ceremony on March 10th. So, Chris, if anybody has uh, any response to our hot takes, because we did drop a few, a few of them. I mean, the I think mine were maybe lukewarm at best, but yours were definitely hot. Mine were a little fire. Yes. Mine were a little fire. If anybody yes. wants to pick a fight with me on any of this, <laughs> I say bring it on. Look, I love it. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, how can they reach out to us on any of those? Yeah, those things. So Alan's home address is yeah, no please, home um, address. <laughs> yeah, everything His personal phone number right. is no, uh, send an email to info at footcandle.org. You can follow us on Twitter at footcandlefilm. Also on Facebook, Foot Candle Film Society, Instagram and Threads, we're on there as simply Foot Candle Film. Uh, we're on Letterbox too, where we try to track what we're seeing and leave quick takes. Do us a favor. If you like the show, consider giving us a star rating, write a review, share with your friends, or whatever service you receive your favorite podcast on, because it would help us reach new listeners. We'd appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to everybody next time about some new movies and reviews and trailers and all that good stuff. We will talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.